And uh, we'll begin our reading verse number 5. The Bible said, When Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him, saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. Jesus saith unto him, I'll come and heal him. And the centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I'm a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, Go, and he goeth. And another come, and he cometh. And to my servant, Do this, and he doth it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. I say unto you that, Many shall come from the east and the west shall sit down of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Jesus said unto the centurion, Go thy way. As thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. And his servant was healed in the selfsame hour. Let's pray together. Father, we ask, Lord, in Jesus' name that you touch, Lord, help here tonight. I pray, God, for Brother Link, Lord, the work there at Freedom Life. I pray, God, that you just continue to touch, work in it, Lord. Pray for those men and women that be involved in that program. Lord, I pray that you'd save souls, Lord, that you'd call workers out of that program. Just do a work, Lord, as only you can. God, I pray that you'd help us tonight, Lord, to try to preach your word. I pray, God, that you'd just do that exactly needs to be done, the service tonight. We'll thank you and praise you for everything that you do because we love you tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. I appreciate us a little bit tonight about this uh, centurion. He meets the Lord here at Capernaum. It's an interesting story. It's something a little different. Uh, it's a different kind of man with a rare request. Here's a Roman soldier. We'll deal with that here in just a minute. Not just a soldier, but a centurion, a man that was uh, in authority. And he comes to the Lord, and he's got a servant back home that's sick, and he's got a request that the Lord would heal that servant. And when he made that request, the Bible says that our Lord marveled at that request. I mean, he said, I have not seen so great a faith. Now, I began to think about that, and I believe I mentioned it this morning. There's only two places in the Bible where the, uh, where the Word of God said that Jesus was marveled. You think about the Lord and all he had seen and all he had done. It's hard to marvel him. He, I mean, when you saw the worlds get, uh, uh, get invented and spoken into uh, existence, you've seen the things the Lord has seen, heaven and all the angels. It's hard to marvel him. But here at the faith of this centurion, the Bible said he was marveled. There's one other place in uh, Mark 4 where he's marveled, but that... He marveled at their lack of faith there. Here, he marvels at this man's faith. And so I, he said, boy, they said, this is the greatest faith that I've seen in all of Israel. So I want to talk to you just a little bit tonight about great faith. Have a little faith checkup and ask how our faith is tonight. Now, I'm just give you four or five things down through here and try to, I'm just going to be right here preaching this story. And just try to preach about what the Lord has laid on our heart for tonight. First, I want you to think about the appeal that this man registers here in verse number 6. He comes to the Lord 
and uh, he is asking a strange request. Now, no doubt, there had been a nobleman's man, uh, nobleman's son that was healed at Capernaum. There had been a leper that had been healed at Capernaum. No doubt, this centurion had heard about what the Lord could do, and he was impressed by what he'd heard. And uh, the word had come to him that his servant was at home sick, and so he makes this request, and it's a, uh, it's a request to have this servant that is at home healed of whatever disease or whatever problem that it was. Now, it's interesting when you look at Luke's account. In Luke's account, he tells, gives kind of a tendered cord to callous time there in Luke 7. He says, in a certain centurion's servant who was dear unto him. Now, I want you to think about that for just a minute. This was a time period, Brother Billy, where servants and slaves were treated as less than property. I mean, they were looked down on to have a second thought about them, was seen below people. They didn't care if they lived or died. Uh, uh, servants and slaves were just considered uh, uh, less the, a lot of times than livestock. And yet here's a man. He's a centurion. He's a soldier. He's a man that you would think... Uh, was full of hardness in his life and looked at everybody with a scowl. And here's a man that has compassion on a servant at home. He's got a compassion. He's got compassion on somebody nobody else has compassion on. I believe it's the first ingredient for great faith. I believe if you're going to have great faith, it starts with great compassion. This man was compassionate toward a group of people that nobody ever had cared for, no doubt. This man had sought out doctors of that time. No doubt he had tried to reach uh, people that maybe could help and tried different remedies and nothing had worked. And this, uh, since this, uh, this servant, he became sicker and sicker and sicker. And here's this strong man, this centurion, and he had never felt so weak because he couldn't do anything to help this man that he cared about. But in the darkness of all that night, suddenly he heard about a man that maybe could change things. And he said, I've already tried the doctors. He said, I've already tried all of the remedies, all of the cures. Probably a lot of people are, are making fun of him and telling him, why do you even care about an old slave? Just let him die. Buy you another one. It's not that big a deal. I, and then the, and all of a sudden there's a ray of sunshine that comes in uh, and he hears about the Lord Jesus Christ uh, and he said, maybe if I can get to the Lord, he could make a difference. Uh, maybe if I could talk to the Lord, he could do something for this servant. Uh, and he had this compassion toward him and he had a desire. Uh, and so he goes and he, he steps out and he makes a request uh, and he asks the Lord, he says, is there any way that you can help my servant? There's the appeal that he registered. And then there's the argument that he raised. Look at the Bible said there in verse number 8. The Bible tells us that uh, the centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. Look what he said. Here was a man who was a figure of a foreign force. He was the kind of person that all the Jews hated. He was a feared Roman soldier, a leader of the people that were occupying their land. 
but he wasn't a bad guy. Let me tell you how I know that. Look what the Bible said about him in Luke chapter number 7. Here's what the Jews said. They should have hated him. But they came and they said in verse 4, And when they came to Jesus, they besought him instantly, saying that he was worthy of whom he should do this. For he loveth our nation, and he hath built us a synagogue. Now, we don't know a lot about this centurion. We know he had a servant at home that was sick. We know he was a man of compassion. He cared for that servant. Now we know that as he has served there in Capernaum, he had been kind to the Jews. He had earned the respect of the Jews. He had built them a synagogue. The Jews came to Jesus and said, this man is worthy. Now I want you to think about that. The Jews said that. That's what the Jews said about him. They said, this man is worthy. But that wasn't the argument that the man made to Jesus. You know what he said to Jesus? He said, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. The Jews had just said, this man is worthy. If there ever was a man that was worthy for you to do something for him, it's this man. He said, no. He said, I'm not worthy for you even to come under my roof. I'm not worthy. The second key to great faith is humility. Compassion and humility. I read a story one time about a farmer and his young son. They were walking through a field of wheat. That young son was observing the wheat. Some of it stood up nice and tall. Others were bowed over. The young man said, Dad, I can pick out the good wheat from the bad. The good wheat is that wheat that's standing up nice and tall. (laughs) The dad laughed and he grabbed a hold of one of those bowed over pieces of wheat and he lifted it up. And the reason that wheat had bowed over was because it was heavy with grain. And it had bowed its head heavy with grain. That father said, no, it's not those that are standing up nice and tall, son. It's those that are bowed over. They're the ones that have the fruit. It's that bowed over, Gray. You see, uh, those that stand up and say, look at me and look at what I've done and look at what I've accomplished, they don't have great faith. It's the ones that who come before the Lord and say, I'm not worthy. It's not the ones. The people that get their prayer answered aren't the ones that come to the Lord and spend 20 minutes reminding them of what all they've done and what all their credentials are and how many days they've served. But the ones that get that prayer answered are the ones that come before the Lord and say, I don't have anything to bargain on. I'm not worthy of you hearing or answering my prayer. You'd be a just God just to leave me and not answer my prayer but Lord I need you I'm telling you that's the people that God answers their prayer great faith is preceded by great humility we see the argument is raised then we see the great authority recognized verse number 8 he tells him he said tells the Lord he said just speak the word this centurion he was over a hundred men in the Roman army. The centurions of the Roman army were the backbone of the Roman. They were the cream of the crop. They were the ones that made things happen. They were the men that could be the most trusted to be faithful under pressure. They were battle-hardened, uh, and they knew what it was to lead. They had, 
They had led by experience. Uh, they had led on the battlefield. Uh, people knew that they could be, could be trusted. And he looks at the Lord and he says, I know a few things about leadership. I say to one man, go, and he goes. I say to another man, come, he comes. Uh, but I'm going to tell you something about great leaders. Uh, great leaders recognize other great leaders. Uh, every time, if you're a good leader, uh, you'll recognize leadership in somebody else. Uh, and so the, this centurion said, I know I'm a leader. And I can tell men to go and come, but he said, I can already tell that you're a greater leader than I am. Hey, there's no need in you coming down to my house. I've got faith that you can just speak the word. You see, a lot of people would have wanted to make a big show out of it. They'd have wanted Jesus to come down to their house. But this man said, If you'll just speak the word, I've got faith that you can heal. How many of you believe tonight that the Lord can take care of whatever situation it is that you're facing? How many of you believe tonight that he can but speak the word and everything will be all right? That's the kind of faith that this centurion had. He said, I believe it. I believe if you'll just speak it, everything will be all right. See, the great authority recognized. But then think of the great approval that this required. Look at the Bible said in verse 10. When Jesus heard it, he marveled. My goodness. The man who was the marvel of the world marveled. The man who was the wonder of the ages found a wonder in the world. He marveled at this man. This was amazing to him that this Gentile would have that kind of faith. Now I want you to think about something just a minute. You and I have so much more than this Roman centurion had. All he had was a base knowledge of Jesus. He didn't have no Bible. He didn't have no church. He didn't, he didn't have none of that. You and I have so much more advantage than he had. And yet, he said, I'm just going to believe God. My goodness. Now, if a man grows a garden inside a garden wall and he grows beautiful vegetables, that's to be expected. But when a beautiful vegetable grows up outside the garden wall, it's a surprise to everybody. That's the way it was here. Here's an old rough, manly, Roman soldier, a Gentile. The Romans had a multitude of gods. Number one, their number one god was Caesar. Every year, the Romans had to worship Caesar. They had to say, Caesar is Lord. One day, a, one day a year, the government was the Lord to them. But here this centurion said, all I know is there's something about this man named Jesus. And when he showed his faith, the Lord said, wow, I can't believe it. Look at this faith. He, it marveled him. He said, I marveled by the, have you ever had the kind of faith that marveled the master? Boy, wouldn't it be good if you could exercise faith tonight and it be the kind of faith that Jesus go, wow. Did y'all just see what TJ believed? I can't believe it. Wow. That's amazing. Wouldn't it be great if he said, my goodness, Kevin Bradford, Who'd have ever thought it? Could you see what he just believed? That's amazing. I marveled by what Billy has been trusting me for. It just, it just marvels. Wouldn't it be good? 
for God to look at us and say, man, that, just, that, that, blow, that blows me away. I'm just marveled by that. I'm marveled by their faith. Jesus looks at this Roman centurion. I can see him now in my mind's eye. He's got all that Roman garb on, his sword. He's been in some battles. But he's kept his compassion. He's kept his humbleness. And now he's exercising faith. And our Lord looks at this man who is the symbol of the Roman government. And he says, wow. Wow. What faith. What faith. Then look at the answer he received. I'm going to be done. Look at the answer he received, verse 13. And Jesus said in the centurion, go thy way. And as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. And his servant was healed in the self-same hour. Great faith calls for great results. I want to show you something that I believe we can learn about faith. Great faith is always determined by the measure of its blessings Toward others. Now I'll show you this. I believe it's a Bible principle. I believe it help you. Great faith most always is exercised in belief for somebody else. The older I get, Billy, the more I'm understanding it. Because the older I get, the less praying I do for me. Now, I'm not bragging on me. I'm just saying When I was a young man, I prayed a lot of prayers for me. I wanted big jobs. I wanted big opportunities. I wanted big money. God answered some of them, not the big money part, but the older I get, Tara, the more I realize the need to ask God for big things for other people. In other words, what I'm trying to tell you is now... Miss Tanya, I'm exercising faith for my children and my grandchildren and people that I pastor. And what I have found is that the best faith that we can ever exercise is when we're interceding on the behalf of other people. Now, I came all this way to say this tonight. Link got up here and he talked about the reentry program. There's people in the jail right now that I went to school with, some of y'all went to school with, that we have been friends with. There's been people in and out of jail that have come to church here. I've, I've seen it, you know, on the booking sheet. Oh, wow, they used to come to our church. There's one young lady She's in and out of jail all the time right now. Was part of our youth group just a few years ago. She's in and out of jail all, to, all the time right now. Every now and again, I'll tell Rachel, I'll say, look, there's, and I'll tell Rachel. And back in jail again. It's one thing to believe God to do something for you. But great faith believes God to do something for somebody else. And a lot of times, it's a class of people nobody else cares about. This centurion 
He was believing God for a miracle for a man that nobody else cared about. Society had totally kicked to the curb. He was nothing but an old servant. He was a slave. Nobody cared about him. They couldn't even figure out why this big burly soldier would even be concerned about this slave that was back home. But he was dear to him. He cared for him. He exercised faith on his behalf. I'm ask you a question. I'm going to be done and give it all to call. How many of y'all ever been to a place where you didn't feel like you could even pray for yourself? I've been there. How many of you been so low that you didn't feel like you could utter a prayer on your own behalf? And then how many of you are glad that in those hours when you had no faith that somebody exercised faith for you? There's several of you over the years. You pastor people as long as I've pastored people, Zeke. People start trusting you. And so I get them phone calls that a lot of pastors that have just been pastoring a little while don't get when people's faith has run out. I've had, I've had phone calls when people had had it. They know what else to do. They're at the end of their rope. And, they, and they're just being honest. They're saying, it seems like God don't hear me. Seem like I've had people tell me, it seems like God ain't even real. And I've told some of you in here, I've told some of you in here tonight in those times, I've said that's what I'm here for. God put me in your life that I could have faith when you don't have faith. And I said one of these days I may need you to have faith when I don't have any faith. That's how we build and work with one another is when you get to the place where you can't believe God that I can believe God for you. When I get to the place that I can't believe God, you can believe God for me. That's what this centurion was doing. He said, all I know is to just believe God. I'm going to ask you a question. How much do you believe God? You say, well, I got this big prayer object. I've been praying about this. I've been praying about that. I've been asking God for this one. I've been asking God for that one. How much do you believe God? This centurion said, Lord, I know you just speak the word, and you can do it. Wouldn't it, be, wouldn't it be awesome if the Lord looked at our church and said, wow, what great faith. Wow, I marveled at how much faith those people down there at Concord have. They're believing God for big things. Let's stand our feet. Father, we ask, Lord, tonight in Jesus' name that you would help us to Exercise great faith. Lord, our desire is that somehow we could marvel you with our faith and exercising of faith. Lord, for others. Do that in our midst now as only you can and we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. I'd ask you something tonight. I wonder who'd be the first one to slip out and say, Oh, preacher, there's some things that I've been asking God for. And I'd like to see the Lord do it. I'd like to see the Lord look at me and say, wow, look at that faith. Look at that faith. Look what they're believing me for. Oh, my. Wouldn't it be great just to marvel the master for him to look at us and say, my goodness. 
What faith Concord Baptist Church has. They're going to change their community because they've got so much faith. They believe God. Man, that's going to make a difference. That's going to make a difference. To God be the glory. Altar's filling up. There's still room for you tonight. Lord, tonight in Jesus' name. I'm coming tonight asking, Lord, for some big things.